All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And like a lot of people, the 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 sentiment of 08, especially in the United States, um, very easy to bring up the conversation of the housing market. Let's call it an adjustment. And the my special guest today, Rick Malero, is a survivor of the 08 crash, built it up through wholesaling, practically got pushed off the board monopoly style and is back doing bigger and bigger and better things. Really excited for the conversation, Rick. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, brother. Thanks for having me. Oh uh, yeah. I, I love the background for people on audio um, who aren't getting the video. We've got a, what was it in Missouri or Tennessee? I'm in Missouri. Missouri. I'm in Missouri right now. I've been doing a little, a little trip, checking out some of our projects. So here we are. I love the classic lamp and the deer head above the the bed in the hotel room. So it doesn't it doesn't get better than that. So, um, how did you get started in real estate? Like, what got you into it? You had mentioned before the show a, a short conversation about ministry, but let's dig into that. Absolutely. Well, I had a major God experience uh, when I was about eighteen, nineteen years old. And so I surrendered my life and I started doing mission work. And it was, don't, don't get me wrong, I still do mission work. I love it. Uh, but during that time, I learned very quickly that unless if you have a financial supporting system, uh, you're flat out broke. And so I was trying to transition and figure out how can I fulfill my purpose and make a difference in this world, but to find the resources. And so literally one day I was praying and I said, God, I, I need you to help me as I transition out of this. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, but I know I want to make a difference in the world, uh, but I'm just limited. I don't have any resources. Um, I was in a process of deciding if I was going to move and I wasn't sure what to do. And surely within five minutes of that prayer, this lady that was in our church called me. And um, it was kind of a shock because she never called me. And uh, she called me to say that, hey, listen, I just put another project. I put a mobile home on this beautiful lakefront property. And as I was walking the property to make sure that it was properly installed, I just felt like in my heart, I needed to give this place to you so that you can stay here for free as long as you want. And of course, I'm bawling. I cannot. I just got done praying. God, give me direction. And so I took her up on her offer and I actually lived there for about almost four or five months, I think, total. Absolutely free, no cost to me. And it was during that little experience in the mobile home that I was so grateful because I realized I literally lived for free because of the kindness of this woman, this lady who's making an impact in my life. And then as I thought about it, I'm like, how can she do this? And it really came down to, she was a real estate investor. She made her money work for her and she got to a place that she could bless someone like me. And so that really was the genesis of the idea in my mind that saying, well, maybe, maybe I can get in this real estate space, generate wealth, and then continue my mission uh, to make a difference around the world. And little did I know that over 20 years later, I'd be in the middle of Ukraine providing resources in the middle of a war. These are all things that literally stem from someone showing me an act of kindness uh, in a little mobile home in Tampa, Florida, over 20 years ago. Yeah, definitely. God's plan is uh, never try to understand it. I don't even think it's worth trying to. You just you just go with it. So tell me about uh, wholesaling up to the 08 crash, because there's a reason that the bubble burst because it was a run up and um, probably made a few dollars on the way up. But how did that affect you as it approached it? And how did you get back on your feet after that correction? 
Yeah, so I had a bit of an experience. So um, I worked for a gentleman called um, Elton Marcus. He passed away about five, six years ago, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, he was a flipper and um, he was looking to hire somebody. Long story short, he wouldn't hire me because I had no experience, but I told him I wasn't going to leave until I had an opportunity. So I interned for six months with him. It was there that I was exposed to wholesaling because my job was to go find opportunities, negotiate it, put it under contract, and he would pay me something uh, only for the six months I didn't get paid. Mm -hmm. um, so I learned a lot. But one of the things that I have to give that man that really kind of helped me, it wasn't even the real estate. It was that he built a system and he made everything flow through a system. And that system, you can literally repeat over and over again. And so when it was time for me to do it on my own, I basically started putting properties under contract, following my same system. And I got it dialed in to the point that we were moving roughly 30 properties a month. And for a small guy, netting seven of us, five to $7,000, depending on the deal, uh, it wasn't a bad shake. And in fact, I was getting a little proud and confident. Um, and I'll never forget it. I was speaking at an event in Orlando and it was a big crowd. Everybody was so excited because I was so young and doing all these deals. At the end, my colleagues introduced me to a gentleman who was wearing this Hawaiian shirt, older guy. And um, when I first met him, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit overconfident thinking, well, this guy probably just heard me talk about how great I am. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so when the intro came, it was as if he didn't even hear a word that I said the whole presentation. He almost dismissed me, very almost disrespectful. And um, he said, well, what do you do? I'm like, didn't you just hear me? I was talking about this for like 30 minutes. And um, so anyway, he came back and he says, oh, so you're the guy that works for tips. And just totally flipped the script on me. I'd never somebody <laughs> had anybody disrespecting me like that. And so anyway, in that conversation, I realized that he was only doing one commercial deal a year. He was building cash flow. He was diversifying. And um, so I decided since I had momentum, why don't I work with this guy? And so mm -hmm. I started working with him on a couple of deals. And thank God I did because I pivoted a little bit into commercial. We built enough cash flow. And then literally 2008, all of my transactions go from literally 30 a month to zero in a matter of 45, 60 days, because most banks shut down their funding, especially for mm -hmm. investors. And so had I not pivoted to a passive income stream of commercial, I wouldn't even be here today. And so that's really one of the ways that we were able to make some adjustments, luckily in the perfect nick of time. And uh, we went back to learning what is it that really makes a real investment. We still went back to residential, but this time we came with a completely different framework. And so the rest is history. We learned how to invest in real estate during the worst of times, uh, during a, a, a decline in a market where I would do a BPO today. And two days before the closing, I'd do another one and the value dropped by 20 grand. And so mm -hmm. it really, really helped you to focus on the fundamentals, not emotions. Yeah, everybody is uh, a genius in an up market is the, is the quote. So um yeah, if you if you can make it if you can make it certainly survive in this current um, a correction, I don't think it's similar, but uh, definitely if you can correct your way out of it, you can learn how to be really conservative, and those lessons really pay off when the market's going up. You know, you survive in the bottom, but if you can, you know, get a good system of making sure you're not doing funny things or, you know, like overconfidence. Don't get overconfident and a, a correction will certainly um, readjust your confidence. So now that you've been doing deals for, I guess it's been almost 15 years or 10 years since that, um, what do you guys primarily focus on? Like what's your day-to-day -day like as far as what you're uh, working on these days? You know, one of the things that we learned 
uh, very quickly is that we shouldn't be focused on just one strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very one dimensional before the market crashed. And that was one of my biggest weaknesses without even knowing just ignorance is bliss, as they say. Um, so now when you fast forward, we take a look at our investments in the form of a portfolio. Uh, now we have a philosophy that we use. It's kind of a rule of thumb, not necessarily, you know, a law, but what we talk about is how 40% of our efforts and our investments should consist of passive cash flow. Uh, now, some of the strategies over this last uh, couple of years that we've implemented, number one, the main one I love is, is uh, lending. Mm -hmm. We've developed a, a coin term that we call microbanking that we use, which is one of my favorite strategies. Uh, we still do long-term holds. Uh, we have a couple of unique properties that we're doing short-term rentals with. So that's been another cash flow source. And then one of the new ones that we're testing out right now is uh, pad splits. I don't know if you've heard of that right now, but it's, it's kind of an interesting solution to affordable housing in some of the metro areas where you get a house and you create more bedrooms, you know, so my average yeah, house, yeah, yeah. Two, yeah. I, turn it I haven't heard it in, uh, coined like that, but it's definitely emerging in, in the metros, uh, in, yeah. in the markets that, I, that I'm familiar with. So, yeah. So that's just been bedrooms. one of the buckets, right? For cash flow, yeah. just multiple strategies working together. The other one is appreciation is my 40%. Um, it used to be flips. I've bought distressed notes. Um, the, what we're doing right now is we're focusing on our appreciation by building affordable infill lots. So my exit is below the median price. We're finding that strategy to be very effective and it gives us a great uh, advantage because then we can negotiate some really good pricing for construction. And then we have higher risk, high reward. And what I mean by that is that once you have enough resources of growth for short term and cash flow, then you can afford to take a risk on some of these bigger options. And right now we're building a project in Tulum, Mexico. Uh, the project's called Mamba, and we did a partnership with the local Porsche. So it's coined the Porsche Villa. And so again, just got great opportunity for short-term rental. It's a unique location. Uh, it's got cash flow and a great amount of equity. So, you know, what we're doing now is really just humbly building a portfolio within those three components so that we can strengthen our portfolio, protect our clients, and we all make money. Yeah. So, you know, with all that going on, um, you know, one of the things we really focus on here on the podcast is raising capital. Um, that sounds like a relatively capital intensive uh, campaign, you know, especially with holding property and, um, you know, these different types of short term rentals and things like that. That means money is parked. So tell me about your ideal investor. If, you, if, if you're looking for um, another partner or partners for these projects. Because we the last thing we want is short money and a long deal and long money and a short deal. So tell me about your ideal investor client. Right. Well, I mean, that's a really, really good point you mentioned, right? Because there are different strategies and there's different components to business, right? And so, you know, I would say that we we currently facilitate opportunities for the larger institutional investors that come to us and buy millions of dollars of mortgages that we fund and we portfolio, we sell them off to them. We also deal with uh, everyday investors. These are everyday people. A lot of them use their self-directed IRAs. These are individuals that want to build some cash flow in their portfolio. They want a consistent return secured by real estate, but they don't necessarily want to own the real estate and deal with the management of the business. Um, so in many ways, what we'll do with those guys, in fact, right now we're managing almost $24 million of everyday investors that just want passive income. And what they do is they buy some of our whole loans. So now they are owners of the mortgages. They're getting paid. We're managing the investment. So that's another great uh, customer of ours. And then inevitably that relationship evolves into something more where we have investors that say, look, I want more than just cash flow. I want more of a, a fund structure. And so 
you know, we did really well with our fund one. Fund two is still till this day. Our investors won't shut it down because it works as we combine the strategy. Uh, fund three, we're about to transition into fund four because investors are all rolling in. And, and that's the next one, right? So ideally for us, we like to work with investors who understand that this is a vehicle that they're looking to produce for them. They understand that money is not something you work for. Money is an employee. And they want to put that into work so that it will bring back more employees to work with. That's the mentality of the client that I like to work with because they understand that it's a tool and not necessarily something that we're desperately chasing, but we're employing it to do the work for us so we don't have to. And that's typically the mindset that we're looking for. And then the last part is, you know, our philosophy in our company is truly invested with a purpose. Like I told you in the beginning of our conversation, I really am a faith-based person and I believe in making a difference. And so we've been able to work with like-minded investors who don't necessarily take their money to invest in donations, but what they do is they take the profits from their investments and they reinvest in purpose-driven opportunities. And those are the types of people that usually gravitate towards us because we don't just talk about it. We literally go there. We delivered 100,000 meals in Ukraine. We're working currently in the situation in Israel right now and putting together a program to go help and bring support for both sides, to be honest. Um, and so what we really want to connect with is investors that are mission minded, investors that want to make their money work for them. But part of the purpose of that is so that they can also be more generous and make a difference around the world. Yeah, because sometimes, it, you know, it, it, I think it was Tony Robbins was talking about that. I remember on like, I think it was like a keynote or something he was talking about. You know, he he defined how much he wanted to earn by how much he wanted to help. And yes. so, um, you know, in line with like what we were talking about at the top with God's plan, you know, if, if, if that's your, an intention that you put out there and you allow that to like work through you, it's likely going to be successful. So, um, you know, people that have been in the business for a long time, I always like throwing this question out there. I say, if you were starting today or if you could start over, what would you do different, if anything? That's that's a loaded question. I've thought about this a couple of times. Um, you know, looking looking at my ultimate purpose and what really you know where I align with my my talents, my desires, and really my heart's cry has really been to go out on the mission field and help people that are less fortunate. That that's just ingrained in me. So when I look back at all these years of doing business the successes, the failures that I've had to endure in order to become who I am today and where I am, I would probably go back to myself and say, the first question you need to answer yourself is the big why. Why do you want to do this? And then the next question really is an essential one, which is, do you want to build an enterprise or do you want to build financial freedom? And to be honest with you, I believe that if I could go back and start all over again, rather than building an enterprise that has done a half a billion dollars plus in business, I think I would just focus on building financial freedom for me, which would free up my schedule a lot quicker rather than all the responsibilities that I have so that I have more time with my family and go out on the field. And so, and in fact, if you look back at what I'm doing right now, I'm building alliances with other investors and other like-minded professionals, not so that I can make more money, but so that I can free myself, continue to feed this monster we built but then free myself. So like, for example, here I'm in Missouri, I'm working on a business project, but I'm on vacation, man. I'm enjoying a great time with my family. We are just exploring and um, it's a part of what I do, right? I'm incorporating my purpose, my family with my business. 
So if I can go back, I would just say, hey, before you go crazy and start building this monster, why don't you build financial freedom? And then you decide afterwards what you want to do with that time. And I think that's something that most investors, they get sold on this 10x everything, mm-hmm. get yeah. go hustle and grind. But really, at the end of the day, why are we doing this to begin with? We're doing this so that we can own our time, so that we can decide what to do with our time. And it doesn't require billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars. It requires just a sound strategy that builds enough passive income to cover your cost of living. I mean, at the end of the yeah, day, yeah. that's what it comes down to. So that would be the, the the nugget of wisdom that I would give myself looking back after all these years of of doing what we're doing. Yeah, because you're there and you're there now. But, you know, that that's when the funny thing is, you know, when we're talking about capital and I'm having conversations with investors and I talk to them about like, OK, well, what would you do if you hit all your goals? And they'll say work more. And I'm like, OK, well that's that's good and that's like the natural answer because they're without but once you you can define and i really like what you said is defining what will solve that freedom uh, equation for you which will then allow you to decide like then what you know and instead of just make more money 10x everything so yeah um, I think we got a really great profile about who who can participate in in your journey and and you know help with the the mission that you're on. Um, if people want to reach out to you guys, um, you know they want to participate, they want to be you know get educated in what you guys do. How do they find you? How do they connect with you? I mean, one of the fastest ways that they can connect with us is if they go to hiscapitalgroup.com. There's some information on our website. Um, they could also go on YouTube and pull up his capital group. There's a lot of content that we put out there. You'll see a lot of really old content. So you'll see where we started posting things way back when the super pixelated videos, but there's a lot of nuggets there too. Um, and some of the most recent current information, just to kind of get some basic stuff. We believe in investing in our investors. We believe in educating them, showing them the true risk and reward, how to analyze deals and how to make sure that they're making the right decision. Um, and so we even have a portal within our website that they could just go in for free. And it's literally hours and hours, step-by-step of how we analyze deals, how we mitigate risk, what a portfolio strategy looks like. And we just believe that's just our way of giving back to the community. And honestly, our philosophy is you plant seeds and you reap a harvest. We have seen that happen, not only in our business, but with our clients and in our mission work. I can't tell you how many times, like I just had this happen this week which the irony, uh, and I'll just give you a picture for this, is, you know, we've been working on a project to donate and help a really big group of people. And um, again, we're not doing that for credit. We're just doing that because we believe that's our mission. Um, but as I was coming up to Missouri, checking on some projects, you know, in my head, I was driving thinking, you know, I would really like to bring some projects like what we have in Missouri, this cabin-esque, beautiful views, and bring them to Orlando, where this is like the world of short-term rentals, and I really would like a big piece of property so we can put a pond and do all these things. I'm mm-hmm. like, this out of my head. Completely unrealistic, right? Uh, well, guess what? One of my clients reached out to me and said, Rick, I have this land. It's five acres. It's right next to Reunion Resort. It's the capital of these short-term rentals. Can I just give you the land and then just pay me back when you build something on it? And I'm sitting here like, are you kidding me? Like, that's exactly, we want to build a $2 million house on a project like that. And so it's amazing what happens when you focus on purpose and investing and making a difference. There's a lot of the best deals that I've had. I didn't chase. I didn't look. They literally delivered it to me. And so mm-hmm. this is an example of what happens when you're generous. God's generous to you. Uh, and so guess what? I get to be here, get the inspiration. I got a million videos. So when I go back home, I've got a brand new project to develop that will literally take what I just had in my mind 
and put it in Orlando. So we have a completely new project that's out of the box. So that just goes back to that philosophy we talked about. Yeah. Proverbs, a man determines the plans and God determines the steps. So, you know, if you guys want to check it out, uh, plug the uh, website one more time for the people um, listening in the car. Yep. Hiscapitalgroup.com is a website. And if you go on YouTube, just look up his capital. You'll find all of our content there for sure. Awesome, Rick. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. And uh, until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode.